Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host here with you as always. And in today's show, we got a lot to talk about. I'll do a bold take on today's show, talk some fantasy busts for 2022, and then have a super flex mock draft at the end of the show with some different settings than the last mock, which I will go into at the end of the show. But like I said, starting off with a bold take, got some busts, got the mock draft at the end. It's a lot to talk about. Thank you guys for tuning in as always episode coming out on time for once this week that's what i'll be doing in the coming weeks too keeping back to a regular schedule so thank you guys for tuning in be sure to follow me on twitter at calvin underscore sgf at sgf pod for the podcast leave a review if you haven't already comment tell me how much you love the show if you do and yeah that's about it so fantasy bus guys to talk about there again a bold take and a super flex mock draft And so I guess let's just jump right into it. So going to do my second bold take. If you want to hear my first one from last week, then uh, you can go back to last week's episode. And again, all these will be played back at the end of the year and we'll see how I do. And I'll find out live on the podcast. So this bold take was one that I struggled to decide on. And I had a lot of ways I wanted to go, but without fully fleshed out rankings, I wasn't 100% sure. And so I was going through it and I was like, which bold take do I want to go for now? And this one, I think this is a very surprising ranking for me and one that I've kind of been slowly waking up to, to where this ranking is really low. And this is a guy I want to make a bold take on. And it's Tyreek Hill, ranked as the wide receiver nine on Fantasy Pros, which in half PPR, which is very low. So I'm going to go out and say, that once my rankings get started, Tyreek Hill will be ranked in the top five, and he will finish as a top five receiver next year in half-point PPR leagues. Now, I understand why Tyreek Hill's being faded, and I think the reasons are obvious. You see this downgrade from Patrick Mahomes to Tua Tagovailoa, and of course it's a downgrade. I'm drafting Patrick Mahomes ahead of Tua Tagovailoa always in fantasy drafts if I have the option between the two. Like, I mean, there's no question. However, This doesn't necessarily mean Hill's value is going to go down because what we saw in Kansas city is that Tyreek Hill, he would have some, a few games where he was just a PPR monster, but for a lot of the time he was kind of blanketed and ran a lot of deep routes. And sometimes if you don't connect on that one big deep ball, it's not necessarily always going to work out for his fantasy value. And he would have a few games where he busted. So of course he still put up incredible numbers and had big explosive games. And maybe we're going to see those like 40, 50 point games go down a little bit, but what we are going to see go up in my opinion is the PPR and half PPR consistency that comes with a lot of receptions. We saw Tua Tagovailoa last year, willing to throw to Jalen Waddle in space a lot over and over and over. And I think Tyreek Hill is, I mean, a better, faster, better deep threat version of Jalen Waddle. So Tyreek Hill, Coming in, he's going to take this number one role. I think Tua is going to feed him underneath. And who better to orchestrate that than a new head coach, a very creative head coach in Mike McDaniel. Tyreek Hill will be in space. He might take jet sweeps. He might catch like at 10 or 12 targets a game and maybe lead the league in targets. And Tyreek doesn't always get 10 or 12 targets a game. Sometimes he gets four targets and catches two of them and maybe one deep ball for 40 yards. And that's about it for him. Like he can be taken away in the deep game. But If this offense is consistently working to get Tyreek Hill in space and get him to get receptions in space and get the ball in his hands, much like a Debo Samuel role almost, rather than just using him as a deep threat and in some games a decoy, let's be honest, because that's what he was some games, I think Tyreek Hill can come in now and have much more consistent production and possibly just as good, if not better production than he had in Kansas City. So I don't 
overall, may, those deep balls may go down a little bit, but I'm really not changing how I view Tyreek Hill at all. Like, he doesn't get much of a downgrade for me in my eyes, if any. I don't think he gets any from going to Miami. I think he's going to be just as good. So that's what you're going to see next year or this year. I think you're going to see Tyreek Hill getting the ball manufactured to him, getting a lot of manufactured touches and becoming the wide receiver one. And Jalen Waddell, maybe still being great, but taking more of a backseat as the wide receiver too. I think Tyreek Hill, again, is better than Jalen Waddell. That's the consensus. But wide receiver nine right now, guys ahead of him, Mike Evans. I'll rank him ahead of Mike Evans, absolutely, because Mike Evans has competition for being the wide receiver one on his team. And of course, Tyreek Hill does too. But the thing about it is Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell I mean, they're going to be used similarly, which is why I feel that Tyreek will get the ball more often as he's better at what he does. Mike Evans, kind of a red zone threat. Chris Godwin more, the PPR gem. But guys, also ahead of him, Debo Samuel. I'd put Tyreek ahead of him too, to be honest, because now, I mean, we've got Trey Lance coming in that new situation. He might run the ball a little bit more. And it looks like Debo, speaking of running the ball, has decided that he doesn't want to carry the ball as much anymore, which makes sense. He doesn't want to get beaten up. I think this offense may be altered. I don't know if we're going to see Debo get that huge carry workload, especially with running backs coming back for San Francisco. And then CeeDee Lamb, this just feels like a lot of hype. A lot of hype for a guy who hasn't done it at that spot at wide receiver six. I will take the guy Tyreek Hill who has. And honestly, Stephon Diggs at wide receiver five, consistently good. Tyreek Hill could be great. I mean, I'm not saying Stephon Diggs isn't great, but Tyreek Hill, in my opinion, is even greater. So I'd rank Tyreek Hill at least at my wide receiver five. And considering like he's uh, him, Devontae Adams, you know, that's something to consider for later. But he's definitely going to be in the top five receivers for me this year. So, and again, I, the reason I took so long on this take to try to figure it out was because I wanted to do one where I actually had it ranked that way, which is what I try to do for the most part. So that's what I'm going to be doing. Once I get started on my rankings, Harry Kill is, he's, the plan is to have him in the top five receivers for this year. All right. So let's talk busts. Um, let's get started. We got quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end to get through here. Let's get started with QB and QB is always interesting. And as you guys know, Sound like a broken record if you listen to the podcast, but the late round quarterback strategy is the one I pursue. It's the way to go. You pursue those guys late, get shots on guys who are going later, who could still be good QBs and guys with upside. I like to mix maybe a good, like a solid QB. And then I also add a guy with a lot of upside with Trey Lance, like when he has his rushing upside. And if these guys don't work out, well, just play the waiver wire. There's always startable QB options coming off of the waiver wire every single year. We know how it is. And those top quarterbacks, they tend to rotate out from year to year. So I just don't like taking the shot on early because early, when you're taking the shot on an early quarterback, you really need him to be an elite every week starter to even return value. And there's really no way he's exceeding value at the positions that they're going in the draft. So, which is why I don't love the guys at the top in general, but especially Justin Herbert, who's ranked as the quarterback too. But I just see guys with more rushing upside like Lamar Jackson to, I mean, while Herbert might be a better QB overall, a guy like Lamar Jackson might be more potent in fantasy than Justin Herbert because he has more rushing upside. And Lamar Jackson's got that revamped passing offense too. I mean, Mahomes is just as likely to finish there as Herbert, in my opinion. Kyler, guy to look at. Jalen Hurts has a ton of rushing upside. Don't forget about him. Even a guy like Joe Burrow could easily finish ahead of Justin Herbert next season. It's not that Herbert's bad. He's going to be great. But I mean, I could easily see a scenario where he finishes as the quarterback six. And that's just annoying. That's like not returning value at all for you. If he finishes as the quarterback two, which in my opinion is his top possible finish with all the guys up there. And I think Josh Allen's probably the quarterback one. Although again, you never know in that department too. I just don't see anything higher than number two for Herbert. And if he finishes number two, that's kind of like, okay, well, that wasn't a wasted pick. Like it worked. 
but you can get guys so much easier later in the draft. Get that late round QB, get the next Lamar, the next Kyler, the next Mahomes, the next Herbert. I mean, all these guys were going in later rounds, the next Josh Allen, even who wasn't going that late, but was still going pretty late. Like most of these guys up at the top, they were once late round quarterbacks. That's the point I'm trying to make. Like Allen at quarterback one, he was kind of late. Herbert was late. Mahomes was late. Jackson was late. Kyler was late. Jalen Hurts was late. Joe Burrow was late. Brady, nobody even remembers. He probably wasn't drafted. Uh, Prescott, you got some value on him, but then you're getting into that annoying range. But then guys later on, like Trey Lance, that's a guy you can take a shot on. Trevor Lawrence, Daniel Jones, guys with rushing upside that you want to look for. That's the much better strategy than taking Justin Herbert at quarterback too. Running backs. I felt like these running backs were ranked pretty well overall in terms of there weren't guys who were really super overrated. But I think a couple guys that stood out to me that I'm probably not drafting, I don't really like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at the RB28. Just because we saw how Andy Reid last year just so went away from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for Daryl Williams as the lead back, especially when Edwards-Hilaire was hurt. When we came back, I mean, it was still Daryl Williams' kind of, kind of backfield for a lot of it, and he was effective. I think anybody can be pretty effective in this Chiefs offense, but I think the staff is probably losing trust in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at this point because we haven't seen him give a good workload through the first like couple of years of his career. They signed Ronald Jones. There's some hype around that. He's 11 spots behind Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and I feel like he's probably going to close that gap and maybe even finish ahead of Clyde next year. Clyde's passing work will help him in half and full PPR, which is the reason why I don't hate the pick here. But other than that, I just don't see any upside for him. Other guy here, RB31. I don't think Chase Edmonds is a guy you want to be targeting at this spot. And full disclaimer, actually, I actually got the pleasure to talk to and meet Chase Edmonds at my like play-by-play sports broadcasting camp this week. He was a guest. I got to ask him a question. Actually got a bit of an inside scoop, too. And so he was a fantastic guy, incredibly kind. Super honest with his answers, super thoughtful. He talked about how he wanted to be an analyst or like a broadcaster at some point after his career. And that coming out of that, I mean, you can definitely see it because he's just so smart and so thoughtful and intelligent. And he was a great guest and maybe one of the best guests we've ever had at that camp. So it was a lot of fun speaking to him. And he was a fantastic guy. And I mean, even from his analysis of himself, you could tell the stuff that he prides himself on. He talked about how he wants to be that gadget weapon, go into the slot a little bit, go and run some routes. He really described how he prides himself on his work in the passing game, on being more than just a running back. That was emphasized several times throughout, like every time he got a, like he got a question related to that. He talked about the Dolphins, all of that, but like mainly that's the main takeaway I got out of it for fantasy football is, I mean, I asked him about his role. He talked about how he wanted to be a gadget. He talked about how he didn't really get the same receiving work that he wanted to get in Arizona and that he's excited for Mike McDaniel's offense and to be able to maybe get the variety of different, get in a variety of different spots like the slot where he wasn't able to in Arizona just because there were so many options there in the slot. And all the point that I'm trying to make with this, besides flexing that I got inside info from Chase Edmonds, is just the fact that I don't think Chase Edmonds is going to be a bell cow running back especially with all of these guys there. First of all, we haven't seen Chase Edmonds like have put up gaudy numbers in the running game quite frequently, like, or really at all over the last few years, except when he's come in more with fresh legs. I think the fact that they have a guy an explosive between the tackles guy, like Raheem Mostert, more bruisers like Sonny Michelle and Miles Gaskin shows that 
I don't think Chase Edmonds is going to be that RB between the tackles. He seems like a third down guy. He seems like a gadget who can go in the slot and be productive in PPR. But does he have top 24 upside? I don't think so. So taking him at the RB31 when he doesn't have that upside is, again, kind of taking him at where you expect him to be. If something goes wrong, if he gets hurt, if guys take over and he only gets two or three receptions for most of the games, if Tua doesn't want to throw to the RB, suddenly you've got a bust on your hands. So it's not a terrible spot to take him, but I'd much rather look at guys later on. And Chase Edmonds is going to be a talented and good part of this offense next year. It's just that at the same time, I don't see the value there for fantasy football. When you're looking at that, when you're looking at someone who particularly throughout his career has not been the inside runner, I mean, and admitted it, himself admitting that he's not the inside runner. He talked about how he's happy to switch over to that outside zone scheme in Miami from the inside zone scheme in Arizona. I mean, he prides himself more on the edges and clearly as a pass catcher for sure. And which is, he is immensely talented at and one of the best in the league in terms of being a third down guy. Just the fact that in general, I mean, they got all these guys. I don't see him carrying a big between the tackles workload. I don't see him being the guy on the goal line. I don't see him getting 10, 12 carries a game consistently even. And I mean, even if he did, that's still not incredible production. So RB31 overall for me, a bit pricey for Chase Edmonds, who's a very talented player, but a bit overranked at this point. Now, wide receivers, let's talk a couple of guys. And again, it was a pleasure meeting him, of course, at uh, the camp and I had a ton of fun not talking or listening to everyone's questions and actually getting to ask him a question, which was very, uh, which was delightful. And it was great. So wide receivers, let's talk a guy I mentioned earlier, CD lamb. Let's relax. Why is CD lamb the wide receiver six on fantasy pros? Just because Amari Cooper left great. Amari Cooper left, whatever the, the Cowboys were dealing with wide receiver injuries a lot last year too. I mean, they had, gallop out for a little while but cd lamb didn't like go next level he hasn't even gone like been a consistent wide receiver one in fantasy at best i feel like he can be a back-end receiver one at times but then just he disappears for some games i don't see how we can rank him ahead of proven studs like tyreek like debo even a guy like aj brown who still has like done it better than cd lamb has whose best season has still been better than cd lambs for fantasy mike evans another example cd lamb at wide receiver six that's a classic guy who's being ranked at his ceiling do we really see cd lamb sneaking into the top five with guys like cup jefferson chase adams hill samuel evans uh aj brown all up there i don't think so wide receiver six feels like the absolute best he could do and it just not i don't like it for a guy who's had a couple of years now with a good qb and hasn't exceeded the ascended to those levels let's not act like cd lamb's a bad player i think people like to do that sometimes he's not he's a great player but not a wide receiver six player not a guy you're drafting up there for sure another guy here jalen waddle this goes in kind of with my tyree kill pick because i expect tyree kill to command such a heavy workload and i don't expect tua to be an incredible superstar i just feel like tua is going to have those manufactured throws that aren't too hard to make like we saw in an offense like that how a mediocre qb like jimmy garoppolo can make debo samuel a superstar so it's not like tua has to be incredible to make tyree kill really good i think this is coming to the bereft of jalen like to hurt jalen waddle overall who's sitting at the wide receiver 15 i don't see how i can have that belief that Tyreek Hill's having so many targets, which I firmly believe because he's such a stud. And then also have Jalen Waddle any higher than that as even his ceiling, just because the target opportunity is not there for a guy who prides himself on short and intermediate passes. I see that as his ceiling. I see his floor as maybe a back end wide receiver too, and or borderline top 30 guy. So like 
do we think Jalen Waddle is going to send into the top 12 over wide receiver ones in their offenses with huge target opportunity, like Deontay Johnson or Michael Pittman over a guy like T Higgins, maybe, maybe, but I feel like T Higgins and Jamar chase do separate enough things to where we could still see T Higgins be a little more of a PPR gem. And that offense passes a little bit more, although of course we could see Tua throw the ball more, but I think overall we're going to see Joe Burrow throw more passes next year than Tua. And then it's just hard to rank him ahead of a guy like Keenan Allen or anything. And then guys behind him too, like Terry McLaurin, not a bad option. Even Brandon Cooks, an interesting guy to consider. DJ Moore's up there. He's close. It's just hard with Waddle because I think I think what we may end up seeing, which may, may not make him too big of a bust, is we may see a big drop-off between where people are drafting Pittman and Johnson. Then we see a wide receiver gap and then see Waddle go. But I feel like Waddle gets lumped into that tier with those guys, which is a problem because I think he's like a tier below, a guy like Pittman or a guy like Johnson, just because I don't know if I love the target opportunity there. But I was wrong on Waddle last year. I slept on him and it was wrong. So possible again this year. I mean, he's a great player. I just don't see the opportunity as much. Tight ends, uh, middle round tight end. That's just setting a pick on fire. I've talked about it so much. If you're going to go for tight end, either go for it early, wrap, in a, wrap up an elite guy who's going to be elite, or go for it late and tank the position. Because to be honest, those late guys have just as good hit rates pretty much as like the middle round guys. The middle round guys rarely work out anyway. No need to set a seventh or eighth round pick on fire or a sixth round pick or even a fifth round pick I've seen on fire just because you want to get that position so, so bad because it's not worth it. You could get another guy who could actually help your team rather than a guy you're going to cut in a few weeks. Prime example, I guess Dawson Knox. He's the tight end 10. That's not a horrible price, but still tight end one range. Don't love to take that. And I think he might be hyped up because he's in that Bills offense. But we just saw with the emergence of Gabriel Davis late last year, it was tough for Dawson Knox to get a ton done there in that offense. And I think Davis will step up again this year. And Knox may be too inconsistent. But just a lot of guys in that range. I don't like throwing a dart really as much. I, I feel like we always like to hype up middle round tight ends. I don't love TJ Hawkinson this year with all the competition there. Now, all of a sudden, I mean, Dallas Goddard, now he's got a lot of guys to compete with. He's all right. But like, again... Like, why not just take a Cole Komet or Pat Fryer manipulator? Like, that's a lot easier to do. Or Logan Thomas, even tight end 17, or Robert Tunyon. All those guys have opportunities, too. So that wraps up the bus. Hope these helped you guys out. We'll get into the mock draft before we wrap up the show. So let's do it. Here we go. Uh, 16 rounds on this mock draft. A little bit different settings than the one we did last time, as I told you. So one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers instead of two I added to this starting lineup. One tight end, two flexes, one super flex. So it is a super flex mock draft, as you said, as you saw in the title. No defenses or kickers this time in six bench slots. So in a league such as this with a lot of depth, you might have a few more bench slots. But I'm trying to simulate here. I'm trying to simulate a super flex league. I'm trying to simulate one where you have flexibility at the flex spots as well as an extra receiver slot. So maybe this tempts people away from the running back targeting that you do early, like that I like to do in two RB, two wide receiver, one flex leagues. I think this might change how I draft a little bit. And maybe I won't go as RB heavy as if I remember it correctly, I did last time. So super flex is interesting. I wanted to take away the defense and kicker element. A lot of people like to take that away. So I tried to decided to do it for this one. I still have defense kickers in my main league, but you know what? Some people don't like it, whatever. And then six bench slots. The thing about that is with the benches so thin and the starting lineup so big, this would be a league that you're thinking a lot of waiver acquisitions every week. A lot of guys being swapped out 
for sure. It's going to be 16 rounds, even deeper than my last draft because it's 16 rounds with no kickers or defenses. So you're going to get into the bottom of the barrel and probably getting me some swapping out those final three guys on your bench most weeks, just because you got to find depth at particular positions. So let's get started and see how it goes. I think we're going to hear some sound effects here too. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, let's get into it. And we're running the draft right now. And let's see, is it going to start? I hope it's starting. Um, oh, I got to claim my spot first. Oh, I'm so smart. Okay, anyway, I was about to start the mock draft without claiming my spot. Let's get a random number between 1 and 12 and figure out where I'm going to draft. See, guys, this is totally last minute. I was about to start it. I didn't even know. Oh, number 12. Okay, I'm going to pick at number 12 right at the turn. Let's take that spot. Now we're going to start. Are you sure you want to start the draft? Of course. There we go. All right, Josh Allen, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, that's just super flex. I almost forgot, even though I made the draft. Jonathan Taylor, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. I love the sound effects. Cooper Cup, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, Justin Jefferson, Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey. I'm up with two picks. So looking at this, I'm disappointed because I think, as you'd expect, a lot of the top QBs on the, off the board. Dak is here. Russ is here. Jalen Hurts, Matthew Stafford. And in Superflex, obviously, you kind of want to lock up one quarterback early if you can. But what I'm going to do for you guys here is going to experiment with a late round Superflex quarterback strategy. So I think in Superflex, like, again, the goal I would try to do is tr usually try to get, like, one elite or good quarterback early and then try to kind of put the guys together for the QB2 later, kind of like a late round redraft strategy. But let's see how it works because I think people wonder sometimes just how long you can wait on quarterback and Superflex. So we'll do this. We're going to wait. And we'll see how we're comfortable we are with the team afterwards. And you can think about, okay, if this is how a draft might go, where I wait on quarterback, am I comfortable with these guys at the spot at this the spot I'm at? Am I comfortable with these types of quarterbacks, these lower tier quarterbacks? So we're gonna find out. Let's uh, let's tank quarterback and go for some running backs and wide receivers. And then this is a more extreme approach. I would recommend taking a more balanced one, but this is a mock draft. We're experimenting. So let's go with Derrick Henry. And then let's grab Jamar Chase. I love that wow. combo. That's a fantastic, wow. dominant combo. Running back and wide receiver. We're wow. going to be coming back in a while. We aren't going to be coming back for a while. Prescott, Najee, wow. Russell Wilson, Dalvin Cook, Travis Kelsey, Jalen Hurts, Mark Andrews, Joe Mixon, Stephon Diggs, Tom Brady, Devontae Adams, Nick Chubb, Rodgers, Lamb, Swift, Stafford, Carr, uh, Kamara, Pitts, Samuel, Tyreek Hill. No. Oh, if I had gotten Tyreek Hill back, that would have been awesome. Saquon, and then back here again. So now looking, and we got some interesting guys still here. Javante is one. Leonard Fournette is another. I really like that, actually. Brees Hall, A.J. Brown. But, wow, I mean, we, I think I'm going to have, I'm actually going to have to take a quarterback here because I see upside in Trey Lance right here at this pick. And I don't see, I see that big teardrop after that. Like the next big, best guy is Kirk Cousins, Tua, Deshaun Watson. So I want Trey Lance, but I'm going to pick another guy first. I don't know why. I just want to save my QB till the fourth round for some reason. So now here's the question. And I think what I'm going to do is actually because of the settings in this one, because of how I can actually start up to like five receivers, I'm going to load up on receivers and get a guy I'm high on. And I know I wanted Tyreek. I wish I could have gotten him, but I'm going to get AJ Brown. Then we're going to get Trey Lance. So Derek Henry, Jamar Chase, AJ Brown, Trey Lance. Good start. Aaron Jones, Javante Williams, Leonard Fournette, Antonio Gibson, Kirk Cousins, Brees Hall. There's the RB run right there. So I definitely missed out on a tier. Mike Evans, George Kittle, James Conner, David Montgomery, Zeke, Darren Waller, Akers, Higgins, Allen, Metcalf, ETN, Johnson, 
Justin Fields, Deshaun Watson, Jalen Waddle, Tua Tagovailoa were back up. And I like a receiver sitting here a lot. 512 is the spot we're at right now. And a few receivers, like, I mean, the receiver clap, crop here is still pretty elite. Um, I'm going to have to wait a while, though, for running back. I think I got to snatch up Michael Pittman. I know that. So now, mm, see, this is why I don't like waiting on RB. There's some guys I like here. Kenneth Walker is actually an option. I'm just going to go with J.K. Dobbins, actually. He's a solid RB, two. I think Dobbins doesn't have as much upside as I would have liked, but I do really love my receivers. And so Dobbins is a solid RB, two, And he's actually got some upside for sure. I think they could utilize him for some big plays. He'll be very efficient on the ground. McLaurin, Elijah Mitchell, Josh Jacobs, DJ Moore, Clyde Rizzolaire, Dalton Schultz, Jerry Judy, Trevor Lawrence, TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard, Matt Ryan, Ken Walker, or it goes by Ken Walker now. Chris Godwin, Marquise Brown, AJ Dillon, Amon Rossi Brown, Brandon Cooks, Michael Thomas, Mark Cooper, Mike Williams, Damian Barris, Cortland Sutton, and back on the clock. That was a while to wait. Ooh. Oh, yes. Okay, here we go. Traylon Burks, my boy, is still on the board. Of course, I'm taking that. Awesome, awesome, awesome. This is a nice roster. I really like this. And I kind of tanked tight end, but I think there's a guy I really like here. With DeAndre Hopkins out for the start of the season, potentially, most likely with that suspension. They got Hollywood Brown there, but Zach Ertz was really productive near the end of the season. I want Zach Ertz. I want my tight end. And right as I drafted that, I realized I made the middle round tight end mistake. So maybe I shouldn't be so impulsive. See, you think it's like, I, I just talked about this earlier in the episode, and then I think about like, oh man, you see the name and it's very tempting to try to lock up that position, but you heard me talk myself into it just now. So that's how powerful it can be guys. So shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have taken a tight end of the eighth round. Should have waited till later. That's not a good pick. So anyway, a lot of guys went off the board. I'm back up. Uh, Daniel Jones is here. Uh, I might want to take that as my second QB. I think I will. Let's look down the board. Adam Thielen there, receiver, James Cook, Tyler Lockett, Chase Edmonds. Uh, Chris Olave, Rashad Penny, Melvin Gordon, Christian Kurt, Chase Claypool. There's some wide receivers I'm okay with here. And I just, I don't like the flexibility of having a reach on RB or the inflexibility of having to kind of reach on RB now. I'm going to go with Daniel Jones. He's my second guy. Oh, this is annoying. Other guys I like down the board at RB. Okay, there's some guys I could manage. I'm just going to go with James Cook for upside because I kind of need that right now at running back. I'll take some big shots later. I, I love a lot of late round receivers. Um, but yeah, I fell into the middle round tight end trap. So easy to do. I just wanted to fill out the position and it looks kind of nice on my roster. I'm not going to lie to not have a big hole, but I just don't believe in it as a strategy. Like intuitively, I don't believe in it. Okay. Lots of ooh, Christian Watson. So early. That's one of the guys I'm going to take a shot on later. I'm back up. I think Ronald Jones is the play here. Guy I talked about earlier, getting another running back. Now there's a lot of receivers there, there's a like kind of gap in receivers to where there's not really very many that are ranked very highly. I wonder if I could wait on this guy. I think I maybe can. Let's go try for I want another quarterback for some depth. I could get Carson Wentz as a QB two. You know what? I'm gonna do that. Play it safe because I think Daniel Jones is more of a risky pick. So Carson Wentz falling to the twelfth round isn't too bad for me. I was considering Kenny Pickett, but I don't know. Um, I think someone in the report was like Mitch Trubisky is likely to start week one. I don't like to hear that at all. But maybe I, I like Pickett uh, considering where that, that report. So I think maybe he's giving a bit of a value as there goes Kenny Galladay, who I wanted. So that's unfortunate. 
Um, let's look at more guys on the bench. Lots of QBs still available for me to take. I'm going to go grab somebody else. I'm going to go get, I want Jahan Dotson, a receiver. Uh, I want to take another shot in a rookie. Coming back to it, let's go. Uh, I th- probably can't wait another round on this just because the quarterback's going so fast. going to go grab Logan Thomas. That's more of a late-round tight end pick that I probably just should have not taken Ertz and just taken Thomas here and then t- taken a shot on another tight end. But, you know, we live and learn. But this roster looks pretty good. I might not be quite as happy with it as I was with the original draft. And that's why we always do these interesting settings. Try to, um, I'm trying to throw myself off, I guess, and manage a little bit, but I'm still very happy with how this is working out overall. So back up, let's go grab someone with opportunity. John Mechie, he got high draft capital. Um, I think there's a number of receivers. You can take a shot on there. David Bell, Curtis Samuel for guys in consideration. Now back up. Um, I have four running backs, two quarterbacks, two t- or three quarterbacks, two tight ends. How many receivers have I got? Five. Okay, so I could just go with um, – oh, wait, how, hold on. How many running backs is that? One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, five, six receivers. Sorry about that. So I don't need another receiver probably. Actually, I'm just going to go for value here. I've already got four running backs. Probably going to – look for running backs on the wire. Do I want another QB? Maybe I do. I could get Jameis Winston. Actually, yeah, that's not too bad. I mean, they added some weapons in New Orleans. Let's get a guy who's been known to air the ball out in the past. So Carson Wentz, Jameis, Daniel Jones competing for that quarterback two spot. Trey Lance, quarterback one. And I realize Lance is at some risk too. So, you know, trying to piece together that position. All right, so that's it. Final Roster, Trey Lance, Derek Henry, J.K. Dobbins, Jamar Chase, A.J. Brown, Michael Pittman, Zach Ertz, Traylon Burks, James Cook, Daniel Jones at Superflex. That's actually a pretty juicy starting lineup. We got the bench, Ronald Jones, Carson Wentz, Jahan Dotson, Logan Thomas, John Mechie, Jameis Winston. I think that second flex is really weak. Like James Cook might not be effective at the start of the season. I've got to rely on Ronald Jones, Dotson, Mechie, maybe even Logan Thomas. Like I need one more flex. But that's what happens when you go in like a 10-man starting lineup. You're just going to – like often have one guy you're not happy with. And that's why I shouldn't have taken Zach Ertz in round eight, because then could have gotten another guy I was happy with. I would have been fine with Logan Thomas in the tight end spot, but you know, that's probably the one big mistake in this draft. But other than that did pretty well. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. This one was a lot of fun. Be sure to share with, with your friends, review, download, keep downloading. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for tuning in. See you guys next week.